Welcome to Mondo Bass, the podcast geared towards beginning and intermediate bassist with information beneficial to bassists of all skill levels from every walk of life. Whatever your style, whatever your skill level, there's something for you here at Mondo Bass. I'm Dan Bourgeois, and it's great to have you all with us for episode 17, The Gig Bag. Let's get right to it, The Gig Bag. What kind of bag do you need, and what do you need in it? Today, I'm going to share with you what I think you need with you at all times on and off stage during a gig. What I'm going to share with you today is, I believe, information that will help each and every gig go smoother and help you to be a better prepared professional. Anything you can do to eliminate potential problems that you might encounter during a performance will contribute to your peace of mind, and that just makes for a better show. Better shows keep the calls coming. Your gig bag should be large enough to comfortably carry everything you may need before, during, and after a performance, but small enough to fit snugly and discreetly behind your speaker cabinet. You should always be able to get to it at a moment's notice without leaving the stage or performance area. When it comes to the bag itself, I've tried almost everything under the sun from toolboxes to backpacks. They were always either not large enough for my needs didn't allow for proper storage, or clunky and difficult to carry. Recently, I've had great success using the QSC K8 Speaker Tote Bag. It's padded, weather-resistant, durable, easy to carry and transport, but most importantly, it conveniently fits all of my equipment, everything we're looking for in a gig bag. What should be in it? You should always have at least two working instrument cables of good quality. Three or four would be optimal. If you're like me, you're a bassist on a budget, but this is one area where you don't want to scrimp on the expense. A good cable has a longer shelf life and will give you better response, clarity, and tone. Also, be sure that your instrument cable matches your guitar's input jack. If the input is on the front of the bass, use a cable with a 90 degree input jack. If the input is on the bottom side of the base, use a cable with a straight input jack. This is to avoid having the cable hang at an angle that can create shorts. And there is nothing worse than an instrument cable shorting out during a performance. Besides using the right cable, this can be avoided by taking the time to properly wrap them after each use and storing them correctly. I like to use Velcro wraps around my cables and I store them in a circular fashion. Once I've unwrapped the instrument cable before a performance, I'll secure the Velcro snugly around the cable, usually around the input plugged into my amplifier. This helps keep them from getting lost. I like to mark all of my cables with a silver gray sharpie marker. I found that this shows up great on the cable's black shielding. Also, if a bandmate needs to borrow one of your cables for a performance, you can quickly identify it at the end of the night and return it securely to your bag. Always remember to get back your equipment at the end of a performance and always make sure that you do what we affectionately call a dummy check after a gig to make sure that you've packed up all of your equipment. You don't want to have to use your hard-earned gig money to replace equipment. Always make sure to avoid careless and often costly mistakes. Finally, you could store your instrument cables with your amplifier head. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that as long as you're taking care of them through proper storage. 
it's a matter of personal preference, but I like having all of my cables, be they instrument or speaker, in one place. It makes for an easier inventory before and after a performance, and since your gig bag will be stored safely behind your speaker cabinet during a show, should something go wrong, you have quick and easy access to another cable. Additionally, I don't like to store anything with my amp head as it can cause damage to both the head and what is being stored. Again, this is a matter of personal preference. Use your judgment and find what works best for you. Next up, we have the speaker cables that you use to connect your amp head to your speaker cabinet. You should always have at least two of these in your bag. If you run two speaker cabinets, I would keep four cables in my bag. I like to have double everything I need. As I said in the introduction, anything you can do to solve problems before they happen makes for an easy troubleshoot should problems arise. If you do this long enough, problems will arise. As with instrument cables, even though we may be on a budget, we don't want to scrimp when it comes to speaker cables. Good speaker cables improve the clarity and tone coming from your amplifier ahead to your speaker cabinet and make a great difference in the tone you get on stage. As with my instrument cables, I wrap these with Velcro ties in a circular fashion and have my name written on them with a silver gray Sharpie marker. I also secure the Velcro to the cable when it's in use so as not to lose it. As far as the length goes, these obviously need to be long enough to reach from your amplifier head to your speaker cabinet, but we don't want to use a 50-foot cable when three feet will do the trick. That's a lot of excess slack that will be lying on the stage. It looks unsightly and someone could trip over it. In addition, having a much longer cable than necessary will take up valuable space in your gig bag. We always want to maximize our space and our efficiency. Next up is also speaker cables, but this is a cable that you'll run from your direct out on the back, or in some cases front of your amplifier head, to your band's PA system. As with all of your other cables, these should be of good quality and in working order. I also wrap these with Velcro ties, and I bet you've guessed it. I have my name written on them with a silver gray Sharpie marker. Invest in one of those. When it comes to the length of these cables, I say the longer, the better. 25 feet should be more than adequate, but 50 is also acceptable. You never know what the stage setup will be and how far you'll have to run this cable from your amp to the PA. Always make sure that the cable is lying on the floor and that any excess is secured neatly out of sight and not a hazard to anyone who may be walking on the stage. If your band runs its own sound system, these cables are an absolute necessity. Do not rely on anyone to provide this for you. Even if the band's sound man provides this for you, you still need to have these in your bag. You can get a call to work with a band that doesn't provide them. Even if your band contracts the PA out to a professional sound company, you should still have these in your bag. These cables could be easy to overlook, but having them in your bag shows that you're a true professional. Two good quality cables in working order should be sufficient. I use a TC Electronic amplifier head for my live performances. It has a wonderful direct out on the back of the head. It also has a built-in ground lift. I've never gotten complaints from any sound man I've worked with, although some have elected to use a direct out box when running me to the soundboard. If your amp has an iffy direct out or you have some serious buzzing issues, you'll probably want to invest in a direct box. You can get a good box without breaking the bank and they're space efficient and should fit snugly into your gig bag. It's so convenient these days to have cell phones that double as flashlights, but you should always carry a small handheld flashlight with you. 
These are extremely handy, and you never know when you may need them. What if your cell phone has no charge? What if you need a light on a dark stage and your cell phone is charging in a corner? What if you forget your cell phone? Oh my goodness. In addition to being lifesavers, small flashlights are compact and don't take up a lot of space in your gig bag. As with everything you carry, make sure your name is somewhere on it. And if you let a bandmate use it before, during, or after a performance, make sure to get it back. Additionally, make sure you have batteries for it. I like to keep a flashlight in a small Ziploc bag with extra batteries. That way it's not flailing about loose in my gig bag. Speaking of batteries, if you have an active base that requires batteries or a pedal, make sure that you have extra batteries for that as well as a proper screwdriver to get to the battery. I also carry a variety of extension cords in different sizes. There's nothing in the world like needing an extension cord and not having one. There's also nothing like needing a six foot extension cord and only having a 50 foot extension cord. If you go small, medium, and large on the extension cords, you should be set. As with everything else in our bag, make sure that you clearly mark your name on them and take the time to properly wrap and store them. Velcro wraps also work great with extension cords. I also carry a multi-outlet surge protector. It helps protect my equipment and I always know that I'll be able to plug in not only my amplifier, but the small shop fan I use on stage and my cell phone charger. You should also keep a cell phone charger with you. I also carry a small screwdriver set with me, as well as a set of Allen wrenches, both in U.S. and metric sizes. You never know when you or someone in the band might need a screwdriver. The Allen wrenches are to make any adjustments I might need to make to my bridge before or during a performance. You just never know sometimes. If your bass requires a special tool to adjust the bridge, make sure you have that on hand. I also carry a small eyeglass screwdriver because the vintage fender bases and the reissues use a bridge that has a screw that is easily manipulated by an eyeglass screwdriver. You should also carry an extra set of strings with you at every performance. I think it's a good rule of thumb to carry an extra set of whatever you have on your bass at the time. I'm not a fan of mismatched string sets. You should always have a string cutter with you in case you need to change a string during a performance. I also carry a microfiber cloth to wipe down my base after each set and before I put it back in its case at the end of the night. It helps keep your equipment in proper working order. My TC electronic head has a built-in tuner, but I also carry a Boss chromatic tuner pedal with me, not only in case something happens to the tuner function on my amp, but also because there are times when I've done festivals that have been backlined and the amps have not had a tuner, nor was one provided. Always be prepared and make sure you have batteries for the tuner. There are several great tuner apps available for smartphones, but again, what if something should happen to your cell phone? You could also be trying to tune in a loud area with the tuner app and your phone could not be picking up your bass. Cut down on your frustration level and carry an external tuner with you. This next one might be an oddity, but I also carry sandpaper in my gig bag. If your instrument cable starts going in and out, you could have some gunk in the input jack. If you roll up the sandpaper, you can use it to clean out the jack. Gunk always seems to find its way right to the places we don't want it to get, right? I also carry a few extra cloth guitar straps. I have a very nice, comfortable leather strap that is my main guitar strap, but you never know when something might happen. The cloth straps store easily and don't take up a lot of space. In addition to my music equipment, I also stash at least $20 cash in my bag. 
What happens if you forget your wallet? What happens if you're not able to use your credit or debit card? That $20 could be the difference in you getting home and you having to borrow money or call someone to help you out in an emergency. Odds are you'll probably be out late playing and no one wants to get a late night emergency phone call, especially when it can be avoided. Again, solve the problems before they come up. It makes troubleshooting a real breeze. I also carry gum with me because I like to chew it while I play. And I also like to keep a couple of protein bars with me. There have been a few times where sound checkers run longer than expected, and I'll have a quick snack if I'm late getting to dinner. If you carry anything like that with you, make sure that the expiration date on them is good. Finally, I carry some ibuprofen, allergy medicine, and Imodium AD. These should be self-explanatory. The stage is no place for headaches, allergy problems, or gastrointestinal distress. That's the last thing that we want. After each performance, always take the time to load your equipment back into your gig bag in the same manner you found it. I know that there are times when it could be late and you could be tired and you could hurry through your pack up. I've been there and we've all done it. If this happens, make sure that when you load your equipment out of your vehicle the next day, you take the time to sort out your gig bag before storing it. This will not only keep your equipment nice and neat, but will make for a smooth setup at your next performance. It's also a good idea to go through your gig bag every three months or so to make sure everything is not only wrapped up and stored correctly, but in proper working order. Also, I like to store anything loose in Ziploc bags. That way, nothing is rattling around that could get broken or lost. You don't want gum or a protein bar melting all over your equipment or that $20 that you have stashed in there. So there you have it. Everything you need in your gig bag. These are things I've learned over 30 years of gigging in and around Baton Rouge, all along the Gulf Coast and throughout the country. This is what works for me. Use it as a jumping off point as you start to put together your own gig bag. That's it for today. Mondo Bass is a listener supported podcast and that support comes from listeners like you. For $10 a month, you can subscribe to our Patreon program and get access to every lesson PDF and MP3 introduced in the show. Visit our website, www.mondo-base.com for more information. There you'll also find a link to our store where you'll find some really cool bass-centric t-shirts along with some other items I think you'll like. Links can be found in the show description along with our email address, mondobasepodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from each and every one of you. Introduce yourself. Tell me who you are and where you are in your musical journey. Questions and comments are more than welcome. I'm the only one that checks the email. So if you reach out to the show, you'll be talking directly to me. I will get back to you. If you want to chat about baseball, old monster movies, Superman comics, or anything else, I'm up for that as well. I'm here to listen and I'm here to help. You can also find Mondo Bass on Instagram. Just search Mondo Bass Podcast. Finally, If you have the time and are so inclined, leave us a rating and review on iTunes. It helps us get the word out about the show. Your support is greatly appreciated. That's it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Dan Bourgeois, and this has been Mondo Bass. Remember, whatever your style and whatever your skill level, there's something for you here in Mondo Bass. Happy practicing. I'll see you next time.